As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Shooter Magooter. What's up, dude? You know me, hanging out over here, keeping my eyes on the news while watching some football. You know what I want to talk about today? Oh, what's oh, yeah, current events, right. Current yeah. events, baby. What's up today? Let's talk about Lauren Bobbert. Oh, okay. Let's a little talk hand a little job Lauren doing Bobbert. some Beetlejuice. Oh, dude, look, we don't like to get political around There's here. There's nothing political about anything that we're going to say. No. I don't even know which side she's on. She's, I, I do. do not care. I do. We're not going to say anything. But I will say, regardless of the side you're on, if your platform is that transgender people are an issue in this country and them reading books to children's a problem... Don't go to the regional performance of Beetlejuice and jerk off a guy on the first date in the row. I think the first date aspect of that whole thing was so funny. It's like wild. Like, it makes, I, it, like, all right, maybe it's your fiance. Maybe it's a guy that you've been dating for a long time. Okay, you know, whatever. It's still inappropriate. It's incredibly inappropriate. It's a little less inappropriate than it being a first date. But first date, one, who the fuck takes somebody to a Beetlejuice musical on the first date? Right? You want to sit with somebody for three and a half hours? Well, I guess they, they got yeah, cut clearly short. Clearly they don't. They got cut short. <laughs> clearly they can't just sit still. No, I mean, she's just, it's so, it was so funny to see her puffing clouds, like vaping into the air. And look, if you vape, I'm one of them, you figure out a way to not make it super obvious, especially yeah. when you're, especially if you're in fucking office. Two, don't be giving handies. OTPHJs out no there. There's no OTPHJs in a regional theater performance of Beetlejuice. The, it sounds like a made-up Onion article, especially considering what her platform is. Her platform literally is that sexuality and over-sexualization is ruining our kids. Yeah, and here she is doing the beginning scene to a porno. Like, like, that's how everything starts. And then Beetlejuice enters. <laughs> there you go. Actually, I think we just wrote a porn. That's definitely going to happen. That's like uh, oh yeah, years and years ago, I think uh, one of the porn stars was Sarah Palin. Nail and Palin. Nail and Palin. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's, now, this is going to be another thing. That's so We'll have funny. to think of a uh, catchy name. Don't worry. Later in the episode, I'll come up with something. Okay. okay we got to think of uh, Beetlejuice Bobbin inspired. for Bobbert. Uh, no. Bobbin for Bobbert's funny. Oh, it has to be Beetlejuice inspired. Yeah, it does. We'll think about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll mull it over, but we'll come back to this. I'm liking the current event thing. It's, it's a good shtick. Good time. <laughs> it's a good shtick. But this is my favorite time of year. I want to talk about that real quick. There is no better time of the year. I got all my windows open in my house right now. AC is off. We got like a 60 to 7 degree weather coming in. Phillies hunt for Red October. That's why we're rocking the Phil's jersey tonight. Birds 2-0. Little shaky, but they're two and zero, so I don't give a shit. We got a long time. We got the Thursday night leading into a Monday night game. Plenty of time to get shit right. This is the best time to be a Philadelphian. And this really only speaks to people who experience seasons, right? Yeah. So like if you're... you fucks out in LA that yeah, just can you sit around in seventy five degree weather all the time and complain when it rains a little bit, shut up. Yeah, this isn't for you. Yeah, this is not it's, for you. You know, you guys got like a little hurricane and you panicked. Yeah, get just out of here. pause it here, skip a little bit through, and then get into the content. Yeah, because we're gonna shit all over LA right now. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. My brother lives in LA, Los Feliz. It's a beautiful area. Maybe we'll visit there sometime soon. You know? Yeah, maybe we will visit there sometime soon. Hint. Weird. Hint. I don't know. Stay tuned. We told you we had things working. 
Always working over here take in the Bro for, Studio. Take that for what you will. We're just a couple of Studi Bros. A couple of Studi Bros <laughs> just hanging out. Luann's mugshot right here, just hanging out. You know how, how it goes. Would you point that out? You had an issue with the fact I'm that I'm back on it. I'm good with it now. What happened? We had a coming to peace moment. I don't know. You, you and Luann, did you yeah. chat? Did yeah, we chat. chat. Wait, wait, wait. Did you talk to Luann or did you talk to that picture? Just from to that shot? picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. And the no. good thing is, like, I can kind of see like a glint of my reflection in there. So really, I'm just talking to myself. Oh, so talk. par for the course. Yeah, yeah, totally normal. But let's dive into some things. Um, it's our midweek episode, so we got a power rank and we got some new shows to add. We got some old shows gone. So let's hit the power rankings real quick. What you, you want got? Me to yeah, lead it want, off? you lead us off there, Captain. Storming into the number one position. <laughs> I've got Southern Charm right back up top. Yeah. I love Southern Charm. I, there's, It's just nice when all we get to experience for the most part is, obviously Crappy Lake was a nice highlight, but all we really got were Housewives for mm-hmm. so long. I think Summer House is going to be an absolute bloodbath too, Yeah, but this looks like it's going to be an absolute nightmare of a season, and it was so painfully awkward, and I don't really like any of the guys on here either, No, so it's funny. Well, and we'll we'll get deeper into it, of course. But that's that's kind of the appeal for me there. Okay, I've got Roni right after that. Yeah. Uh, uh no. Ooh. I think I've got Salt Lake at two. Wow. But okay. Obviously, the the episode airs tonight, so by the time you're listening to this, if there's a dud, go ahead and flip my rankings around. Put Roni at two. Okay. But as of right now, I've got Salt Lake at two, and Roni at three. OC season's still not over. I don't know what the How fuck's is going it still on. Going. No idea. We do this every time that we have like a, a show that we really don't want to talk about. It's it been drags. 70 weeks. At least. My God. It was right. definitely overlap with Beverly Hills. Like Beverly Hills ended, and then within that week, I think OC started. It had I'm to. I'm just kidding. It just feels like It that. just feels that way. Yeah. It's not actually that way. People, people are going to point out, that's not actually how it happened. <laughs> We're not. You, you can't tell lines. me how to live my experience, yeah. right? Don't don't you tell Shooter how to live his experience? Yeah. Damn it. Uh, my power rankings are as follows: Southern Charm one, Roni two, Southern OC Charm one. Ten. Here's why. Oh. You said it's very similar to what you said. So Dev watched it before me and texted me like, "God, I love Southern Charm." That's just all she said, and. I think a big part of it, honestly, is like the familiarity of it, like right. seeing these people back on the screen. And I think like there's comfort there where I'm like, oh, thank God. A, a show that is not housewife centric. Look, I love housewife shows, but like you just said, I needed a break. And like yep. even with with Crappy Lake, it's still housewife centric. This is completely different. The awkward level of this first episode was incredible TV. Especially with OC. OC is just like, I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, the other ones you're way more interested in. But then you throw in people like Shep and Austin and Craig. And then they're going to have like two or three more new guys who just pop in there. Who I'm probably going to fucking despise. I don't think I'm going to like them. I don't think I'm going to like any of them. But it just gives a whole different dynamic. And I feel like that's kind of why, at least when I first started watching Bravo, something like Summer House, Southern Charm, those things kind of spoke to me a little bit more. And it took me a little little longer to get into the Housewife shows. Yeah, I understand that. But I think that from the scenes from the season, I like that they do that after the first episode, like what to watch for. This is going to be a good season. I really think it is. There's enough drama throughout the group that's like real. We've got Austin apparently hooking up with Taylor, which is going to cause all kinds of shit. Because that's so incestually weird. Like, there's a lot of good shit to latch on to. And at the same time, it's nice to see familiar faces come back. Like, uh, because this is now our second time around. Yeah, this is your second full season of Right, but I'm talking from a podcasting standpoint. We're now double dipping. And I think that, for me at least, 
there's a comfortability there, and that makes me feel feel nice. Yeah, and nice. I, I like that. It's but good. It's good now. But <laughs> before we dive into, you didn't even go past Southern Charm. What's your second, third, and fourth? Oh, I I did that. I said Southern Charm, Roni, and OC is twelfth. Okay, and Salt Lake's three. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Salt Lake. Okay, Salt Lake. I think that's three, what I was looking for. But it's really close to Roni. Yeah, and I'm gonna pivot or sorry, piggyback on you. If Salt Lake duds tomorrow, it'll be still three. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Our rankings. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I can't wait for Miami to come back so I can hit that buzzer again. So close. Um, but before we dive into Southern Charm, there's only one thing in the news today, and it's been in the news frequently the last couple of days. Shannon Bedore of Rosie got a DUI over the past few days. I'm not sure exactly what day it was. But she has since, I believe, is checking into rehab. I saw that this evening. Now, I want to discuss this. Obviously, I'm going to talk about this because I'm the resident recovering alcoholic and this stuff really is part of my life. So I want to discuss it. Now, first things first, did you see the aftermath, like the pictures oh, yeah. of? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see the video? Yeah. Yeah. So... When you saw this, what's your like your knee jerk reaction? How did you feel when you found out that she got a DUI? Initial reaction, long time coming. Yeah, like this has been coming for a long time. It's, I and mean, we've seen her behavior this year. We know about her past. We know how unlikely it is that she ever seeks help for anything. You know, you kind of hope that it's one of those things that it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, and it's just so much public attention that she's forced and it gives her the responsibility to go get the help that she needs, which is something that we've been kind of rooting for the whole time. And we know that, again, you watch OC, they're not all friends. They're not all that close. I don't know if Shannon really has anybody close enough to her that she would trust if they were to tell her plain, straightforward, you need to go get help. Clearly, John's not fucking doing shit. Right. So it, it's it's hopefully one of those things that will push her to go get the help because she's embarrassed and she wants to try to fix it and do whatever she's going to do. She's not going to get the help from the cast. Um, but, I mean, that being said, it's still – I know that, you know, we throw the terms of, like, give grace where grace is due. I don't believe that in this situation. That's what I wanted to I talk I really don't. Be, just because, look, we wouldn't be throwing around give grace or give – or, you know, try to give her some space to kind of work her way through this if she crashed into a car and killed a family. Right. Which is very likely. I mean, she crashed into a fucking storefront. Uh, it was a house. It was a house. She could have killed people. And if she did, nobody's going to be sitting there and say, well, we got to give her some grace and give her some space to work this out. We know that she needs help. No, I mean, she could have just as likely done that. So I'm not going to pivot on that and be like, well, yes, obviously, thank God nobody was hurt, including her and the dog that was in the car. Nobody got hurt. It's, I don't want to say a victimless crime, but it's something that we can all kind of get behind to try to push Shannon to do better things with her life and try to fix things. But I'm not going to give her any grace on this just because she could have done much worse. And this is exactly why I wanted to get your opinion on it. I had a feeling that would be it. And that's not an incorrect take. And for those of you that follow us on social media, you might have seen my reaction video and why it's a little bit different than Shooter's and also why I'm not going to jump down Shooter's throat for having that opinion. Because of what I've been through, because of going through rehab and a severe alcohol problem and getting sober and all of those things. I will give her grace and I will give her some compassion here. And I think that something that got lost to some of the commenters, and I, I did my best to comment back to everybody, and I, I wasn't trying to be antagonistic. I was trying to meet you halfway. 
I completely understand where you're coming from. If you say, why would we give her grace? She could have killed somebody. Like she deserves no compassion. That's a, a selfish act. Absolutely. Nobody's arguing that. I wasn't arguing that. I'm not saying grace is a pass. Compassion is not a pass. It's not saying this is okay that she did this because she's an alcoholic. That's never the case. When I say give her grace and compassion, what a lot of people don't understand about substance abuse, and I myself did not. I used to think that calling yourself an alcoholic and calling this a disease was a cop-out. It took me a long time to work through things to figure out like, no, you know what? This is a disease. It literally took almost all four weeks in rehab to come to that conclusion. Now, what people don't understand, and I don't place blame here either because nobody's taught this shit unless you go through it. The only time you're going to learn about this stuff is if you have somebody very close to you go through it or you yourself go through it. But the only way I can describe it to people that hopefully will resonate a little bit, at least to see my side of this, where I am saying give her some space and grace and compassion is... When you're in the throes of substance abuse, substance abuse, sorry, whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever, you're not making decisions. You don't make clear decisions. Your prefrontal cortex, that's your decision maker. Your limbic system is the central part of your brain. That's the sex, drugs, and rock and roll part of your brain. Alcoholics and addicts, what that central part of your brain does is overrides your prefrontal cortex. Again, not an excuse. It is inexcusable what she did. I'm not giving her a pass. However, we do not make rational decisions. We make decisions based on emotion, based on substances. Where can I get my next fix? How do I get my next fix? If you get emotional, you just react. Nothing that you do is your actual decision. I didn't make decisions for myself again until I was clean and sober. And that's when I realized, oh shit, a lot of the stuff I was doing was really fucked up. I need to get better for myself and the people around me. So when I say give her grace, if she actually is a true alcoholic, which I do believe she is, then I would never say that like this openly because it's not my place to say. But in this instance, I really do. And until she gets a clear head, you can't, it, it's hard for me to vilify her completely for this. It's unacceptable. Had she killed a family, this would be an even more difficult conversation to have on this side of things. And I think the most important thing is, again, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying that this is a person that desperately needs help and think about the fact that she has a family, she has a dog, she has a life, and in order to get back to that, she needs to get right. And I don't think it's conducive to anybody that's trying to get themselves better to nail them to the cross for making the worst mistake of their life. And yeah, it could have gone a lot worse, and thank God it didn't. Yeah. But that's that's kind of my explanation for the people that are like, what do you mean? How could you give her any compassion? Like, she could have killed somebody? Absolutely. And that's fucking horrible. And if you lost somebody to drunk driving, you don't owe her shit. And I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that you do. You don't. You are allowed to feel however you feel about this. That's just how it goes. But on my side of things, having gone through it, not the drunk driving and crashing part, but having gone through a lot of similar issues... I can't sit here and say that she's a horrible person. I think she made a horrible decision. And I hope that she can use this as a rock bottom moment to bounce back, get better, be a better person for both herself and her children. Yeah. And I think that it kind of gets lost a bit when there's two clear cut sides and there really isn't. Right. There's, yeah. you know, your side and then it gets a little muddy towards the middle and then there's the other side. I'm not saying overall that she's a terrible person. She's a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself or anything like that. What I'm saying is, in this instance, this is what we're talking about specifically. Right. 
you know, we see her on screen and she's drunk all the time. Nobody's sitting there saying, well, we're not going to give her any grace because she's drunk all the time. A lot of people are applauding it because it's good television. Like, that's a tough fucking world to live in. And we have no idea what it's like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I'm sure you've got fucking, um, the the Trace Amigas are trying to go on tour and they're doing this whole, they're boasting it like, we're going to go get drunk in every city and we're going to have a lot of fun with everybody. And then this happens and it's like, you better fucking back off that shit, Tamara. I better not hear anything about Trace Amigas for a little while. Seriously. Just shut the whole thing down and let Shannon figure it out. And that's the type of thing where, yes, in this instant, I don't think that the action, the decision that she made, like you said, it's a horrible decision. I don't think she needs any grace in that instant. But overall, as a person, for what she's going through, you can give compassion there. Yeah. And that's, it, I think that's like the most important aspect to kind of take away from both of what we're saying over yeah. here. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, to finish it out, and this this one's important to me, and this one is a lot harder for people to grasp. And ever since I, I've pointed it out to you before and you've taken notice of it now, but in the comments, when people say things like, she's always been a drunk, shit like that, like that's not totally cool. And I'm not here to like be super woke and say like, oh, you're, you're killing me with this stuff. But when you use the word drunk or alcoholic or addict in a derogatory sense, it makes it much more difficult for people that are suffering from this shit to come forward because it overstigmatizes it. Yep. This is a lot of people struggling, all right? A lot of the best people I know have had issues with drugs and alcohol. It's very common. I guarantee you, anybody listening to this right now, you know somebody going through it or that has gone through it. Be careful throwing around those terms or throwing around, she needs to go to rehab. Like, If you act in disgust, it furthers the stigma and it's really fucking hard out here for people like me when you hear shit like that to bite your tongue because it kind of sucks. It sucks to read that stuff. I know people are coming from a place of like trying to defend a potential person that could have been hit by her car or her crazy behavior this season because she's been so drunk for a lot of it. I get it, but it's not totally cool. I would just, just kind of think about it next time. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. But let's move on to some happier stuff. Uh, Let's get into Southern charm. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
in South Carolina, and I couldn't be happier. I was so like, even the sights and the sounds and like the the soundtrack. I was like, oh, that just it was comfort. It was like a warm blanket, like a warm blanket on a chilly day. I wish I could show this clip to you last year. Getting you to like Southern Charm is such a fucking. It was struggle. hard. It was so hard. Here's the thing, and this is gonna make you happy. So watching this episode, I have a whole new outlook on Southern Charm. Yeah. And here's here was my problem last year. I'm expecting too much out of these people. I'm expecting yeah. way too much out of them. I'm looking at them as rational human beings. And what I needed to do, and what I'm going to try my best to do this season until Shep inevitably pisses me off to the point that I go on a rant, these are men that are not going to grow up. No. They're not going to. And for me to expect that out of them is borderline selfish of me. It is, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm I, the problem. I should have gone with that approach last year. Uh, you are right. You were just trying to look at these people as human beings that could grow and get better. No. And you were the disappointed dad standing in the corner watching Shep do the same thing over and over again. Yep. And getting angry about it. Yes. Instead, now you're watching it laughing about it. Yeah, now I'm doing it right. It's funny because nothing these people do affects your life. Nope. Except for the comedic value that you get when you watch Austin try to like take a step forward, take a step back, take a step forward, take a step back. I've got a present. It's ticking. Is it ticking? Don't shake it. It was fucking funny. It was really funny. And here's the thing. And you were right about this as well. I'm giving you a lot of kudos this evening. I like Southern Charm Austin and Southern Charm Craig a lot. I do not like them on other shows. They annoy me. I think they're not nice on other shows. Southern Charm, Austin, and Craig, I fuck with them. Yeah. Like 100%. And I think, again, look, it was my first season last year. I was a rookie. I didn't know. I've learned. And that's this, this is what it's all about, guys. It's all about making adjustments. That's what a good athlete does. That's what a good businessman does. You, you learn and you adjust on the fly, and it, it makes you a better person. It makes you a, a better athlete. So... I'm adjusting. I made the adjustment. Let's hope I can hang on to it. I'm sure I'll falter at times, but my buddy Shooter is here to keep me on track. No, and it's it's really funny because if you look at it like that, yeah, would I want to be best friends with these guys? No chance in the world. They would drive me up a fucking wall. Right. Would it be funny to have them as auxiliary members of my life? Yeah, for oh, sure. For sure. Because you get to sit at that party. I forget what that one guy's name was. Rod- Rodrigo, I think. Yeah, the, the friend. Uh, the guy with the glasses, yeah. Greg's friend, I think. I, yeah. Austin's friend. Austin's friend, yeah. yeah. And he was just hanging out on the side, just kind of pointing at things that were going on that we were all watching on TV. Like, that's what I want to be. I want to be Rodrigo. I want to be sitting in the corner watching these guys make a fool out of themselves and then laugh about it later. Yeah, like, I... that seems so fun to me. And I'm sure they are fun in certain instances or whatever, and they might have their feelings about us. I don't think any of them like us to be honest but uh, I, I know that's not true uh joe bradley was out with austin and shep or austin and whitney maybe okay and he messaged us and he said that austin wants to meet us so there's no chance in hell that whitney knows who we are whitney sits no, in joe his... was talking oh to yeah yeah austin i can see us, yeah i believe and I'm, then i'm thinking about i'm thinking about whitney just sitting in his house listening to like classical music all day oh like, yeah he listens that, to and, like blues you know what i think he listens to what? on repeat is the Jimi Hendrix version of the National Anthem. That's just stuck yeah, in from that, that scene last year when he was playing the National Anthem. That, I think well, he's he listens to Patricia that. he's making Patricia drinks, yeah. yeah. Well, he's making Patricia drinks and cleaning up dog pee. We started another season with, with him picking up a doggy piss mat. I wonder if that's just the trends that they're just going for. I, I really hope it is, and he's a producer on this show, so I hope that was his move. Yeah. That would be really funny. Okay, get get the dog peeing and new season. Here we I go. I like Whitney now. If that's, if that's a bit, <laughs> I'm into it. I like the bit. 
But let's jump right in. We get the the intro scene is just a bunch of clips of the drama that I think we're going to see play out this season, and that's Taylor and Austin apparently hooked up, and we see some of the fallout, we see some of the reactions. We don't dive into it yet, but they set the scene nicely so that you know what to look for this season once again. But the first thing I want to talk about, we're with Craig and Paige again, and the house is coming together. The house looks really nice. They've done a lot of work compared to the shithole it was when it started. And I think that was the goal. I don't think that he intended on it being a shithole. I think he bought a fixer upper and it is currently being upped. Upped. It's mm-hmm. being upped and it looks good. The ante is being upped. The ante is being upped, but they're going outside to have their coffee because it's so loud on the inside and he's going over the pool. Like, oh my God, this pool's so cool. The hot tub, are you going to get in the hot tub with me? Paige now has a problem with hot tubs. Yep. I've seen her dry hump two different dudes in a hot tub. Yeah. That wasn't a problem. Craig was one of them. I know. Winterhouse. Craig, Andrea, who else? I think there's one more. Carl? Carl, maybe. I don't remember. Was it Carl? I think oh. you just threw Carl in there. No, why am I saying Carl? Carl's going through Sorry, enough. Carl, we don't yeah, need to. No, 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 no. That is incorrect. That is not correct. <laughs> Retract. But no, that was the first thing that I thought of, too, when she started just going off about hot tubs for whatever reason. And all she was really trying to do when she starts talking about the black and white colors and everything. That just looks like the Hamptons house that they were at last year. Oh, yeah. They had black and white furniture everywhere, and she loved it, so that's what she wants. She wants the Hamptons vibe, but you're in fucking Charleston. One thing that everybody knows about Charleston. Blues, pinks, colors, greens. Pastels. Yeah, we love pastels. Everybody does. Just go down there, and that's what you're going to do. It's also Craig's fucking house. You don't live there. Until you actually commit to living there, you you get a say. She gets a lot of say. Here's the thing. You get a lot of says. This scene bugged me a lot from her end. Craig is so excited about the prospect of this relationship. Yeah. Why do you think he's busting his ass to fix that house up the way it is? Honestly. Uh, Paige. That's the only that's reason. It. That's the only Paige has caused reason. him directly to grow up. Now, obviously, we do see certain instances where Craig goes back to his formal se- former self, and we're going to see that here and there, and that's fine. You can't really get away from it entirely, especially around that group. But when we see him with Paige, all he talks about is the future. All he talks about is building his life up. That's the first thing that we get. That's the first glimpse we get this season is him talking about how his house being fixed up is raising his spirits and pushing him forward into the future. And he's thinking about kids on the pool over there and Paige is talking about sunbathing. And it's like, at some point, you guys just aren't on the same page. And it, it probably sucks. Good nice. pun. Not unintended. Completely unintended. I would be better at that. Um but it does suck. I mean, I'm sure that they care about each other and you can see genuinely that they enjoy spending time together. But when it comes down to the important issues about your relationship, you do not see eye to eye. And that, at the end of the day, is going to be really hard to walk away from. I hope they figure it out. I hope Paige figures it out. I don't even think Craig... That's the weird part. It's not a Craig it's, problem. That's the weird part is I want it so badly because I, I met Paige. I... New Paige through Summer House way sooner than Craig. I liked Paige. Obviously, she went into like her Mean Girl era and all that other bullshit. But I liked Paige up front. And then you meet Craig, and Craig was kind of an asshole, and he was kind of a dickhead, and he was a drunk idiot. And now I'm rooting for Craig, and I'm like, Craig is correct in all of this. He wants to finally settle down. Now, I do get Paige is younger than him. There's moving issues and this and that and whatever, and her family's up in New York. So I I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, if you do not see eye to eye on these things, which we get to see unfold... Who knows what's happened behind closed doors? Who knows what's happening off camera? A lot more of that, I imagine. But the Greg li- seems like a guy who wants to talk about the future all the time. I Well, because I think he just wants a fucking answer. He and does. Like, to me, Paige's responses always seem dismissive and disinterested, and it's a bummer because he's just, all he wants is some answers, right? Like, he will continue to bring it up, and she completely just kind of deflects, deflects, deflects. He's like, 
you know, I figured out how to work from New York. He's making the adjustments. He's building the home. He's nesting. He is nesting right now to try to convince her to move down there more. At the same time, he's like, I've figured out how to work from New York. You have made zero progress here. She says, I don't have any friends here. Well, you're not actively trying. Craig's trying. I will not fault him there. He is trying to figure this out. You are giving him nothing in return. And it's honestly a bummer to see. All I'm seeing is somebody that is just not as into it as Craig. And I think that's really a difficult thing for anybody to swallow. Yeah. But at some point, like you just said, someone's got to give. You either go to New York, which I don't, I honestly don't think that's the correct move. I really don't. No, I don't think so either. I think that she needs to just figure it the fuck out and Craig move there. I think Craig has grown a bit of a spine since the last time we saw he him. He did. He's, like, he's a little more, he, he kind of stands in his laurels. Yeah, a more. he even said, like, I figured out a way to work up in New York. You need to figure out a way to work down here. Yeah. And she gives him excuses over and over. And it's like, all right, like, Craig's trying really hard. Yeah. And then harder than I've ever seen him try with any other girl. And the scene ends with him being like, man, that's going to be the longest I've gone without seeing. She's like, I didn't invite you. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, are you yeah. trying to actively knock him down a peg? Like, I, I hope that that relationship doesn't bum me out because, again, we talked about how this season has a lot of promise with all the drama things going on and it's real, it's palpable. I do not want this to sidetrack us. No, no, no. We got to focus on Taylor and Austin. I know. Yeah, Taylor so, Austin. I, I just Shep, do not want to deal with any of that. Let's get into all of the rest of it and hopefully. This does not it come relies up. on page. It, yep. it all hinges on page, which is not promising. But the next scene was, and as you guys know, if you've listened to our Southern Charm recaps, I am not a Madison fan. I don't know how you feel about Madison. Not the biggest fan of hers. This was a beautiful scene. This was a really touching scene. Her son is outside playing with Brett. They're shooting those little, I want to buy those so bad. I've seen them on Instagram. What are they? Little water? It's like a little watery kind of pellet. And it's like a BB, but you can just like, non-stop shoot them everywhere okay and they're biodegradable so you have to worry about that they're yeah i really i'm gonna get some next time poppy comes i didn't understand that they were doing it in the rain but you know well it's not water it's like a little pellet that's filled with water and it like dissolves once it's outside okay right. so it's like a like it was just a like that a, was just a weird thing i was like, a gel, I was like it's raining out and they're doing this like it's a weird. gel bb but to see this and you know obviously her relationship with austin for the longest time was this roller coaster ride and you know she's not dating an adult in that situation. So she's kind of like trying to hold on to hope. It completely derails multiple times. She finally moves on from Austin. So to see her happy, married with a man that gives her kid the time of day, they have that familial unit at home. Like it was just a really nice scene. Really happy for her, really happy for Hudson, for Brett. Like that, that was a beautiful scene to me. But yeah, Madison hasn't done enough in the past that's like, terrible that she could never come back from right there are people on this show that have done terrible things and they've come back from way worse so madison's just she's never really been you know my favorite she's never been my least favorite she's just kind of somewhere in the middle she pops up here and there she took a bit of a hiatus after the whole austin thing rightfully so but yeah i mean there's really no other way to look at that that's just a nice touching scene if you're gonna look at that and not root for Madison and not be happy for her, then you're just a hater. Yeah, you're a hater, and go fill up your glass of haterade because we don't have time for you. But the next scene, which seems like it was planned, was Austin, and Austin's FaceTiming Craig, and this scene to me is the perfect depiction of Austin. The perfect depiction, because he's like, I just was really bored this weekend, Craig, because you weren't here, and all my friends are growing up and have kids and families, and I text people to go out and drink, and they're like, well, I really can't. It's like, yeah, dude. You're at that age. By the way, you're kind of past that age a little bit. Like, I'm not saying that 
you can't go out and have beers with the boys into your 60s. I'm not saying any of that, but you know what? Your friends are settling down. Like You're past the age that you can expect your friends to do the same things that you do while right. their lives are different. Correct. And yes. then to be bummed out about it, like you need to go in, you need to find a single friend. Shep. Shep, you and Shep are going to be. Why did Shep not, or why did Austin not go with Shep to Africa? Probably because he can't afford it. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe. That's a, to go from Australia to South Africa, from what it sounded like, Shep was on a six month trip. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he went like right when the reunion stopped filming. I think he left. came back right before they started filming. He went to JFK from the reunion, flew out to Australia. First class. I could see that happening, yeah. But. They discussed the fact that Madison invited Austin to the party, which I thought was a mature move. I didn't see this as a shady move on her part. I think this is her trying to like smooth everything over because she knows that one, they're on a cast together, and two, Charleston's small and they're going to see each other. I think she invited him because he's on the cast and it's part of the show and they're filming. That's, all, that's it. I think that if she had done this, and look, I mean, it, yes, you're going to time your wedding. How do they coin it? Wedding after party? Wedding after party. Sure. You're going to time your wedding after party for the start of Southern Charm filming. That makes sense. It gives Madison something to do right up front. You get to host your event, and then you get to coast the rest of the season. You probably don't have to host an event for the rest of the season. Because if you really think about it, a lot of – I mean, last year there were, what, five tea parties? There was a lot of tea parties. A lot parties. of tea parties. A lot of big, tea parties. Big Charleston tea party person. Tea parties and uh, Roaring Twenties parties. God, no more, please. But it makes sense. You time it up with the filming – Yes, Austin's going to have to go because you're filming and you know that it's going to be interesting and it's going to be awkward and people are going to want to watch it. I didn't know it was going to be that awkward. I didn't know it was going to be that <laughs> awkward. Austin made it way more awkward than it needed so to be. so good, though. He is so fucking awkward and it's hilarious. But I do think that he was only invited because he's on the cast and they're filming. That's I do not fair. think that there's any... Because Madison, we do know Madison a bit. There's no real smoothing over going on in there, and you can tell Brett does not like Austin not at all. At all, not even dude. remotely. Like he was not. He understood, but him. that's that's the thing is, you, Brett is good for Madison because he probably understands. Like, look, I know he's on the show with you. I know you got to film with him. He's gonna be around a little bit, so yeah, I guess he can come to this. He could put his foot down and be like, a no, grown up. Out. Yeah, because Brett's a grown yes, up. Brett's a grown up <laughs> among the boys. That's why. But the next scene, we got Olivia and Taylor Bladen. They're doing some blading. Well, blading. What did you think of first when you saw the rollerblades? Don't let me down here. When I saw the uh, Brink. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's like immediately I thought Pop Team Puppet Suds. Yeah. From Brink. If you don't know that movie, if you're too young for that movie and you're listening to this, do yourself a favor. Free ad here. Go on Disney Plus and watch Brink. It's on there. Is it on there? It's on there. I gotta rewatch that. All of them are on there. I knew most of them. Yeah, Brink do is the on Halloween there. towns and Brink, stuff around. You know, yeah, Brink is on there. So do yourself a favor, watch Brink. It is Oscar worthy. But they're wow. kind of going over the. Don't <laughs> <laughs> slip that in there. It, I think it is, but they're going over their relationship issues, and it, it's shockingly similar. Honestly, I mean, I think one's a little more tumultuous than the other because of Shep's cheating. Well, it also was much longer. There's all yeah, it was a lot together. longer. That's a good point. Yeah, but. They've kind of bonded over this, the fact that they were both scorned by two man-child, man-baby, whatever you man want to children. call them. Man-children. Man, thank you so much. Two man-child. But to the point where Taylor says they're like sisters at this point, and it's important to note the phrasing here because of what we saw in the first two minutes of this episode, this is going to get real ugly real quick. Yep, and it's really setting it up, and... Look, I get it. You know, the whole sisterhood of 
Well, traveling pants. We're both yes, the traveling pants, the traveling cheating boyfriends. There you go. You're both on the same show. You're going to be ha- hanging out a lot. They both even said that they haven't really made many friends. They both, as soon as they moved in, I think Olivia started dating Austin. Like she moved in with her parents. It was pretty quick. And within like a couple of months, she was dating Austin. She was on the show. There was a whole thing. Taylor is only on the show because of Shep. Yeah. And now they're both on the show. So why not team up and make a little bit of an alliance and enjoy each other's company? Because we know how the other women in this group work. Yeah. They are a little vindictive. They do kind of talk behind your back. So if you can have some sort of camaraderie and start up a new friendship for this show, it could help. Now, obviously, that comes all crashing down at some point in time. We can allude to it, but we can't talk about it because it didn't happen yet. It hasn't happened. And we stay canon. We follow the timeline always, but Shep gets home from his sixth month. I'm assuming it's six months because I haven't heard otherwise. Yeah, his sixth month sabbatical. And the darkness retreat. The darkness retreat. He pulled an Aaron Rodgers. I have to ask. I don't know if you noticed this. Do you think that Shep or the show is sponsored by Buick? No, because everybody else drives different cars. There's a Range Rover. I think that Shep has a deal with Buick, and here's why. When he was pulling in, it the way that the Buick logo on the steering wheel was central. This is the stuff I think about. Was central to the screen, and then when he pulls in the driveway, it was like a the car was immaculate, and he pulls into the driveway and it gets like the Buick front like pulling in. I think he's sponsored by Buick. I would assume he has car dealership money. Maybe that's where he gets his money. No, he's got family old. owns a couple of car dealerships. <laughs> they they don't have that kind of like they, they have. Do. No, no, no. They do. No, I know they do. Oh. I'm saying car dealership money doesn't compare to Shep money. I don't no, no, know. I'm saying car dealership money, absolutely. Oh, they have crazy money. I know. Oh, I, yeah. Like, ridiculous, but ridiculous that, that's, that's about as far as I would. I don't, I can't see Bravo doing that because, I mean, I don't know. They did the same thing for the Range Rover pulling in. That's I think true. they just like nice looking cars. I don't know. I'm going to go that he's sponsored There's all, At the end of the day, it is a Bravo show, so they do like to show off nicer things. That's right. It's a, I don't think that a Buick is really, you know, they're, up there. They're sturdy vehicles. It's definitely nice, sturdy vehicles. It's vehicle. a nice sturdy vehicle. Yeah. That's what my grandfather would say. But regardless of that, he's going over, you know, that it was a rough breakup, so he had to travel the world after because he had to get... <laughs> I love that, that I wish that that was an option for us. Like, if you go through a tough breakup, it's like, you know what? I'm going to Australia. Gonna then go I'm going to go to South I wouldn't Africa. go to Australia, probably, but... I go to South Africa. I would go to both. I mean, I've been to Australia. Been to Australia. I would go to South Africa, obviously. But I just—it's funny that that's his move. Most people, like Dev, when she was talking about, it, she goes, "I would have eaten like six pints of ice cream, not go to fucking Australia." But yeah, it must be nice. But he also was the guy that would like weekend down in the Bahamas on a private jet. So yeah, us buying six pints of ice cream is the same thing as him going on a six-month trip to Australia and South oh, Africa. That's depressing. <laughs> I know. But now I want ice cream. I don't think we have any, so you're just stop at Wawa. It's open again on the way home. It's open again? It's open again. All right, cool. Yeah, it's nice, too. Nice. It's Sidebar. Schwanky in there. But uh, he FaceTimes with his grandmother, and this is what blows my mind. And we see more of it later when him and Austin are talking in the shop. But he says, Taylor got a new dog. I'm hoping that Craig and her dog can meet one day. Craig being Shep's dog, obviously. Yeah. But hoping that they can meet together one day. Like, so it'd be cordial. It's like, bro. What do you think is going to happen when you see Taylor? They all think this way. It's it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's, and Craig Craig's even said the it, only one. But Craig even tried to do it before. No. Craig, Craig acts like Shep and no. Austin pushed him on Naomi. We saw him with Naomi last year. 
Yes, he didn't want to do it, but I still truly believe he was only not doing it because he was on camera and he was with Paige. If Paige wasn't there, or whatever, if Paige was in New York and they were not on camera, I think he would be very nice to Naomi. I think he would have been nicer, but yeah. I still think, because he alluded to it at the beginning of the season, it's weird. It is weird. You're not supposed to be tight with an ex. Yeah, but how many times do these guys allude to things at the beginning of the season, but they're guilty of the same shit? I mean, you're all I'm the not time. saying you're wrong. I'm just, I do think that when it comes, if you break it down... Craig has a much clearer approach to how you're supposed to do these things. Because even... even... You think, do you think he handled himself that well at the end of the episode? No. No. Okay. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, actually. But we'll get there. But we got a quick check-in with Vanita. And I'm hoping that she has a better season, too. She was not my fave last year. But I, I got high hopes for her. She, I think she had growing pains last year. I think that she was coming into a cast that is very tight-knit, trying to make a name for herself. I think that... It got a little out of hand at times. Well, I think Catherine not being in there is going to help, help her a lot. Yeah, I think she, she had a lot of deep down issues with Catherine, rightfully so. But with her not being there, because I think Catherine was really the crux of her not getting invited to the one party. Yeah. And then she had an issue, and this is kind of where Madison pops up a little bit, where Madison throws the party for the both of them, but it's actually an engagement party for Madison. For Madison, right. Did that last year. So Vanita was just... She just fell victim to the other women kind of being assholes to right. her. So, like I said, growing. And I hope that look, it all comes down to airtime. Make sure Vanita's there enough. Otherwise, if she has the same season that she had last year, there's no real reason for her to be on this show. But I don't think that she will. We get to see Manny, her musician boyfriend, who yep. looks like a delightful fella. I'm just gonna say that that man smiled the entire FaceTime. He was just so happy to see her, and I think that's really cute. I think it is too. <laughs> but good for you. It's just, I want her to have a good year. It's the little things that really get you through, you know? It is, for me. Uh, The little stuff is the stuff that I highlight. You're you're definitely doing better. I'm better, right? I'm better. I I will fall off the rails at some point, but so far, so good. But we go shopping with the boys, and when they walk in, it's called like Shaw's, I believe was the name of the place. They had a fucking Joe Montana and a Doug Flutie jersey up on the wall, and I could not figure out what the two are like they what they have in common and it was driving me insane maybe they've been there sure that's, that's about that. as good as i can go with maybe yeah. they've let's been just there. go with that so i can get it off my mind doug flutie and joe montana let's see doug flutie has a cereal did joe montana have a cereal maybe they're both cereal guys wheaties were they flutie both flakes. Wheaties guys no nah, flutie flakes was a thing okay um, Joe montana was definitely on wheaties I don't know what college Joe Montana went to, though. My father-in-law's nickname is Weedy because he was so jacked when he was younger that they said he should be on a Weedy's box, and that stuck. Everyone knows him as Weedy. Fantastic. But you have to earn the right to call him Weedy. Never knew the reason behind that nickname, but I'm not a guy that asks about it. Yeah, that's why, because he was so shredded growing up that that he looked like he should be on a Weedy's box. That's sick. Yeah, he's, he's the best. What's up, bros? Shooter here to talk to you guys about Rocket Money. Look, if you're anything like me, you're going to be looking through your bank statement wondering where is all my money going. Every time that a subscription comes through, I wonder, do I need that subscription? I don't even know what it is. And then 10 minutes later, I forget about it. And there's really nothing that you can do about it. Honestly, we just give our money away to these subscriptions, give it to a higher power. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? I certainly don't. But Rocket Money is absolutely here to help. Look, you might have 12 to 15 subscriptions that you're just not using. If you use Rocket Money, Rocket Money can help out with everything across the board and make sure that your finances are in order when it comes to subscriptions. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, 
monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Who doesn't want a little extra money? Look, you might belong to five different gyms and not realize it, and you're not going to one of them. But you know what Steele just told me? In the winter, we shred. Or maybe he said we add a few pounds and then we shred. Not really sure a lot of times when Steele talks in one ear out the other, but this is what happens. You get these subscriptions, forget about them, and you need somebody to help. Rocket Money's gonna help you out with that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use, cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash broadbros. That's rocketmoney.com slash broadbros. Rocketmoney.com slash broadbros. Well, guys, it's Shooter back again to talk to you this time about Manscaped. Manscaped is a great trimmer that all men use below the waist to make sure that you're looking good. And when you look good, you feel good, you play good. That's what we always say here at Broad Bros. And Manscaped is absolutely here to help. And look, if you're listening to this and your boyfriend, husband, whoever you think could use a trimmer needs a trimmer, Manscaped is the way to go. You might be just looking at your man a little bit differently, thinking, well, it might look a little bit better if you get a little trim in there. Manscaped is your company. They have a new trimmer out there that's going to make sure that everything is precise and pristine and look great. No matter what the man looks like, the trimming will help. And it's great too. Honestly, I have one. I use it in the shower. It's waterproof. It has different levels of trimming. So you can make sure that it's a little longer. You want things a little bit longer. You want things a little bit shorter. You can go any way that you want. But the thing is, it's going to give you confidence. Confidence is key. Manscaped and confidence are two in one. And if you're somebody like me, you've got a problem with nicks and cuts that happen. I might not shave my mustache. I might not shave my face, but I always trim it down. The new lawnmower 4.0 will make sure that you are nick free. I can't tell you how many times I get out of the shower and I have to shave my neck, trim this down, do this, whatever. I'm in a rush in the morning because I'm typically late for work because I like to sleep. The lawnmower 4.0 will make sure that you get the trimming level that you want and it'll be quick and easy, and it's a nice process overall that'll keep you feeling confident. So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off and free shipping with code BRAVBROS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BRAVBROS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. But the first thing I notice when they walk into Shaw's Timothy Shaw, the owner of the shop, looks like an old Western saloon owner. Like, walked in like, well, what can I get you, fellas? Welcome to Shaw's here. Let me go ahead and, and fit you right up for a nice suit now, and then you guys can go have a nice ale in the back. Like, that's, that's all I could think about. Pretty good. Did you watch a lot of Deadwood? <laughs> no, a lot of Red Dead Redemption. There you go. But um, this is when you get Austin and Shep talking to each other it's a meeting of the morons because they're both trying to figure out how to navigate their new relationships with taylor and olivia as though it's gonna go well that's they're actually both... a very funny way to put that yeah new relationships new relationships with their ex-girlfriends, with their ex-girlfriends. yeah they're both like well maybe if you do this and that and craig walks in and he's like guys no it's not gonna fly like what's the matter with you austin you were so in and out on this poor girl that even after the reunion, you guys tried again. And after a week, one week, seven days, you said, my feelings have changed. Shep, you had sex with every girl in the United States of America that you could. 
while you were with Taylor. In what universe are these chicks going to be like, all right, we can be friends. Let's go to the dog bar and bring the dogs and they can pal around for a while while we go over our happy memories. Shep's literally, his first intro to her is talking about a trip to France. It's like, she doesn't want to reminisce with you, buddy. Yeah. Like, guys, what are we doing? It is really funny. And this is, I think, where I can still see a little bit of it in you. You're still a little disappointed. Yeah, you're you're (laughs) a little disappointed in them. You have to let expectations go with these guys. Okay, here. There's nothing there. There's nothing between the ears. I'll give a little credit. Okay, here's a little credit to Austin. As he's breaking down his stuff, he says, I'm the problem. He took responsibility the entire episode. So I get a lot of credit. To be fair, he took responsibility the whole episode. He always takes responsibility. I also felt like at the party... He wasn't terrible. No, with he her. wasn't. He was terrible with Austin, with uh, Madison and Brett. But I, in a funny way. But exactly, with, I don't with, think he was terrible though. But with Olivia, he just he knew that he had to say something. You gotta fucking just break the ice. Say something. Didn't work out. She had way more attitude than he did. He picked up on it correctly and walked away. And it ended. Yeah. And correctly. all and and I think that honestly, I I don't think that Olivia handled it unwell either i think that she did a pretty good job too she had every right she to be obviously mad. has some animosity and, and she's got okay. some anger built up and this is the first time she's seen him in a long time so she got some things off of her chest he broke the ice a little bit they went their separate ways good done see you later yeah no it, totally clean so i think I that austin kind of has something figured out a little bit there he just has pipe dreams and that's really austin in a nutshell that's a that's a good description yeah, yeah. so now it's party time and they get to britney's house so that's where the party's at this place is gorgeous but I got a I got a bone to pick since you're the fashion guy I'm gonna be the, uh, the house? designer guy yeah uh-huh. you're the fashion guy I'm the design guy okay ship lap not a fan the ship lap on the walls the white ship lap not well, a fan I, I think I, I think it's played out I think too many people do it I think it's too Magnolia Farms I think too many people have watched uh, Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna and they do ship lap every episode no more ship lap I get that I also think that ship lap is appropriate in a house in Charleston or outside of Charleston near the ocean. Then you know what? Be I don't think that Chip and Joanna should be putting Chiplap in fucking suburban California houses. I don't think Chiplap goes anywhere anymore. I think no, no, be, anymore, anymore, I think it's... Dare to be different, Charleston. Be that person in Charleston. Don't use Chiplap. Mix it up. I agree. I mean, it looks like a really old house, too. That's what I'm saying. Uh, just keep it old. Well, No, I think that was a like, brand new house. What are you talking about? You thought it was brand new? Yeah, I think I that was, was like old. new built. Oh. I thought it was old that got redone. Maybe. Maybe, maybe some additions on the bottom of this. Look, the interior of most of the house, I love the marble wall. I thought that was awesome. Most of the house, 10 out of 10. The shiplap, not a fan. Just going to say that. Okay. Hey, Brittany. Hopefully you hear this. Shout out, Brittany. Change your fucking house. house minus the shiplap. God damn it. But the boys arrive, and this is where we get the amazing scene of Austin meeting Brett. And you can tell right out of the gate, Brett does not fuck with Austin. Yeah. His face is just like stoic as hell, but he's a grown man. Greets him, says, hi, thanks for coming. And Austin proceeds to make it horribly awkward. And he hands them a present and he's like, well, uh, if it, <laughs> don't shake it. And if it's ticking, haha, it's a bomb. Like, <laughs> what? yeah. Watching him do the fucking Texas two step, just walk in, walk back out, walk in, walk back out. And it's so funny because I don't know what he was doing. Craig was, or I'm sorry, Shep was over there talking to the two of them. Shep is your barrier. That's Shep is you your bodyguard. Yeah. That's when you go in and you make a quick joke, hand her the gift, congratulate them, make a maybe another joke that's a little uncomfortable because you know that's going to happen regardless. Just get it out of the way, 
and then walk away. Shep is there to safeguard you from all of those things because then Shep will make a dumb joke on top of it, right. making fun of you. And you can slip out. And it breaks the ice and you're good. Yep. Instead, you wait for the fucking one-on-one or one-on-two. one-on-one. You ask about their honeymoon in which you respond with, you've always wanted to go to Singapore. Dude, don't reference conversations that you two had when you were dating to her new husband. Yeah. That is a terrible look. And then he says, uh, <laughs> he says I'm going to do that. Uh, go. I'm going to go. Shh. I literally just wrote Jesus. If, dot, dot, if dot. I ever get there. <laughs> what the fuck? We'll see. And then Madison made a joke at him and he just went through. And then you get Craig to walk in there and say, I don't even know if it was Craig or Shep. It doesn't really matter. It's no. just somebody else was there to kind of diffuse the situation a little bit. And then you walk away. It was so funny. It was but just so at funny. The same so time, awkward. dude, I was sweating. I was like, I was, I was laughing, but I felt awkward. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is tough. But Olivia and Taylor get there, and you can tell, like, as soon as they step out of the car, like these two are not thrilled to be here. These two are going to get hammered. Like that's the that's the look of like pregame when you're walking onto the field and you're just like locked in. They're like, oh, we're about to get blackout. Yeah. And they go into the house. And immediately it's awkward. Like everybody's awkward. Shep's awkward. Austin's awkward. They're, we're waiting for the interactions to actually happen. But before we get to the interactions, we get a toast. And of course, after the toast, Austin just simply can't help himself. He, he, he didn't start simply, it? No, I know he didn't. Oh, I know. Yeah. But after the toast ends, stopped. he goes, I would like to say a few words. I was like, no, dude, come on. Like, ha ha. No, no, he didn't start that he did the toast. Someone else did the toast. Craig then said, how about a few words from Austin? Oh, he did? I didn't hear yeah. that. Yeah. And then uh, Austin, instead of just laughing it off, decided to lean into it and say a few words, which is like... You know what move I like and respect? Madison going, no, no, no. Let's hear it. Yeah. I like that move. Oh, yeah. It's like, let's. Yeah. I want to make you squirm, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought that was great. But as Shep and Olivia are talking, they're at the bar, and Shep's trying to... like He's trying to check the pulse, right? He's trying to see, what am I walking into when I actually do see Taylor for the first time? Olivia does say she seems like she's in a better place. That being said, does not mean it's a good time for you guys to chit-chat. Yeah. She's in a better place because she has and Shep only seen. heard she's in a better place. That's it. Yeah. And, of course, she walks up to the bar right behind him, and I think that was intentional on her part. I think she saw him talking to Olivia, and she's like, I'm going to go over there now. Eavesdrop. Yeah. And I did think his face was funny because he looks at Olivia and goes, I'm making a face. If you're not watching the YouTube, he goes like, Okay, like, yeah. here we go. And he turns around, and this is their first interaction. And it was not good. It was not good at all. I thought it went better than Austin and Olivia, only because Olivia was like, fuck this, I'm out. Taylor seemed to give him the time of day for a little bit, but then I guess it started to turn. It didn't, that's the thing is, when it was just the two of them talking, yes, it was awkward. Yes, Shep started talking about a adventure a trip that they went on before and starts bringing up other things which austin just did about 15 minutes ago so there you go boys but i thought that their actual interaction wasn't terrible all things considered it just started to spiral and weirdly enough it started to spiral because of craig and page yeah and that made no sense to me like zero sense i think that what happened and this is maybe just me overanalyzing a situation i don't think that taylor was quite ready to say anything directly at Shep. I Instead, think that's right. she, she went in there, like Olivia said, she was in a better place, but maybe this isn't the right time. You end up talking to her anyway. She doesn't really have anything to say in that moment, but then the floodgates open, and then all these thoughts start coming in and the things that she wants to say, 
and one little thing sets her off and that has starting to nothing to do with Shep. Yeah. And she just goes completely on a spiral. So do I think that this would have happened regardless? Yes. Mm-hmm. I do think that eventually, Oliv- or uh, I'm sorry, Taylor, would have started yelling about Shep and freaking out because, like you said, they were on a mission to just get blackout and try to deal with the issues. I think it would have happened regardless. Again, I don't really fault Shep for talking to her because you do have to see you her have to rip the a ton. Yeah. Just rip off the Band-Aid. You just watched Austin do it. Austin had to go deal with Madison and Brett, too. All right, fine. I'll go do it, too. I'm not going to be a pussy. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to make sure that I can get through this. Have the conversation. Try to push forward because you have to see her for the next seven, eight, ten weeks, however yeah. the fuck long they film these things. And it backfires. And it just, it, I, I don't think it was Shep's fault that it backfired. I think it was going to happen regardless, but you know. You got to rip the, you gotta t- everyone's got to take their medicine. It makes right? for good Everyone's got to take their medicine. And I will say that Austin had a problem with Olivia giving him the thumbs up on the text. Circled that because that's what you do to me and it drives me nuts. But everything explodes. I don't give you a thumbs up on Merry Christmas. That's, uh, we'll see. We'll see this year. Okay. We'll see you on December 25th. But, Everything explodes at the end because I think at this point, Taylor's clearly drunk, like she's lit and she starts going in on Craig and she's like, you knew about it and everybody knew about it and everyone's laughing at me behind my back. I'm like, dude, take it down. This isn't a good look. Craig, to his credit, was the only one that stepped up and tried to not let Shep do some shady shit. He slammed him down into a chair and said, knock it off. You're going after the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. That's not the problem. You're projecting on Craig now because you're embarrassed that everyone at this party knew that Shep was fucking around. You feel like nobody had your back. And to Craig's credit, once again, he's like, look, that's my boy. For better or worse, he's a fucking idiot. He's a he's a clown. He calls him a clown to his face. Shep's a clown. But he's my clown. I cannot take your side. I can't have your back. I have to have his back. Bro code. Same thing, girls have girl code. It's part of the gig. He is Shep's friend. Is Shep a train wreck and a clown? Yep, but he's his train wreck and clown, and he's got to stand by him. And credit to Craig, because I thought, honestly, didn't handle it that poorly. I thought she was coming after him. He was trying to get out of there a little bit. I thought he handled it fine. I don't think that he handled it poorly, but I think he could have handled it better. He definitely could have. He gets emotional. I think he got a little emotional, which is, you know, that's par for the course for Craig. I do like the one comment that he threw out a little bit earlier. I think it was with Austin talking to Madison and Brett about, yeah, you see a train wreck happen before your eyes in slow motion. It's like nobody ever gets hurt in those things, but you just get to see the fire and the explosions and the wreck and everything yeah, happening. It's like, wrecks, nah, people right? die in train wrecks, people Craig. Die in train wrecks. I don't really know if you knew that, but or they pull in entire fire. states like the shit in Ohio. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Or around here, who knows? Oh yeah, we just don't keep know. Breathing that air, baby. But. <laughs> I didn't think, again, I don't think that he handled it super poorly. I think that he could have diffused the situation. At the end of the day, everybody does know on the cast, and even Taylor knows deep down, that you did actively stop Shep from trying to hook up with a girl at Leva's restaurant. You did more than most. You did more than most. And we do get just a little bit of a little information there about the whole Austin thing. You get to see how Taylor feels about Austin. We talked about it last year. You can see it. We knew that the writing was on the wall. Do we, we think they're going to hook up? Do we, we think they're going to hook up? Ago. Yes, we did. And we talked about the whole weird brother-sister relationship. Anytime that anybody says, she's like a little sister to me. You've known her for like three or four years. You ha- don't have a good track record. Something weird is going to happen there. We're going to have sex like with her. Did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like we called that last year. And to see her in the middle of an argument while ripping down Craig, 
who has gone on the record and has people backing him up saying that he was the one who actively intervened in Shep actively cheating on you, you stop and say Austin's the only one who cared. And then double down again and say Austin's the only one who had my best interest in mind. And as Craig's walking away, he said, well, what are you, your girl cheated on you. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I not, will, not Taylor's finest moment. Look, no, I understand. Like, I get what the anger. About your girl cheating on you. I understand the anger to an extent. You know, obviously, don't create a huge scene, but you know, I you created give her a, a little bit scene. of a pass there. And then at the very end, it's like, nope, can't do that. I can't now. Now you can't because now you're throwing out false allegations. Yes. I will tell you this: I might not be the biggest Paige fan. Paige is not cheating on Craig. I Paige is not cheating on Craig, Paige, though. Oh, she's talking I think, about. I think she was talking about Naomi. Naomi. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit. Yeah, because I thought she. Who knows, about honestly, what the fuck she was think, talking about? I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think she knows. knows what she was talking about. I yeah. think that that was a blind insult because she was like really pissed off and like really emotional. I think she just was like, bah! yeah, like that's what came out of her mouth. Word vomit. And then you get a great. I love these scenes. They 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 give me life. You just get this great zoom out from like a drone footage of Craig alone walking back to his car. Yes. Like I'm leaving. Like he leaves. I will give Austin credit again. Austin tried to bounce 45 minutes ago. He's like, this is why I wanted to leave. You hang around too long and this shit happens. Yep. You were right. But I do foresee that there's a little bit of an issue with Paige here, though. I think there's going to be a problem All the girls were Paige. talking about how they're, what, what's going on with Paige. She's not around. Does she not like us? Does she doesn't want to be around us? Every time that we have an event, she has something going on. She has to go back to New York or she's sick or whatever's going on. I mean, look, we know. We see it. We get to see the before things. We know that they're watching past seasons with Paige down here, and she makes excuses yep. to go other places. Anytime that they're in New York, yeah, sure, come around. But anytime there's an event down in, in South Carolina, nope, I don't want to go she because I don't have time. friends here. You cannot claim that you do not have friends in South Carolina if you're not trying to make friends. If you're not actively trying to make friends while Craig is yes. actively trying to do everything right so that you will move there. He's building this house for you. It could be. I'm okay with that being an underlying story throughout this season. I am too. Just I don't want the get... whole Craig page dilemma with either, but I do like at some point, right? This has to break one way or the other. Yeah. And like, I'm ready. If, the, if we need to suffer through this being an underlying story to get an answer, finally, like who's moving where, or is this not going to work? I can suffer through a little bit just so we can put an end to it. Yeah. But now we're back with Roni, and we are in Anguilla. And somebody messaged us that grew it's up. Anguilla. No, it's not. They grew up in the Caribbean. They know it is Anguilla. That's what they said. That's what I'm calling it from now on, Anguilla. And we start out with Brennan Sai in the kitchen, and it's starting to wear thin on me a little bit. Sigh, and you know, she walks into the kitchen and she just has to emphasize, like, I had to do my job this morning. It's like, we get it, man. Like, you work a lot, you're an influencer. I didn't really like, have an issue with this. At I all. did. I just think that she hammers it home to people a lot. And, like, I'm not discrediting that what she's done and built, but like, we get it. But the first thing that I really want to talk about, Aaron and Bryn are chit chatting. And Aaron brings up something that you and I have discussed about Jessel's backstory. Like, we haven't gotten the full story yet, and Aaron thinks that Jessel is fronting about her past. She doesn't think that it's all that tumultuous. She thinks that she heard Sai's story and Bryn's story, and she has kind of latched onto that and tried to paint a more difficult upbringing than she actually had. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about this for two, three weeks in a row, honestly. Yeah. I think our outlook is the same, and we can kind of call that out. There's a lot of things that you can read into while she's telling that story. 
it doesn't flow that well. Nope. It's, you know, it's not really prepared. It seems like she was grasping for straws, grasping for really anything sad in her family tree that she could get. It was just not good. There's a lot and, of question and, marks. And I like, look, I understand too that Aaron's the one that's pointing this out because Aaron also does not have a troubled past. Right. And she owned it and she didn't do anything about it. She didn't try to front or do this or that or whatever. It was a very quick story about how she came to be who she is, talked about her family a little bit, talked about where she picked up in her adult life. Then she gets into her family. Jessel has a family. Like you can just talk about your family. Obviously you have a lot going on at home. You're not having sex. You, you've shared a lot. You've done that enough. That sounds fucking like some trouble. Yeah, you've done enough. You don't really need to try to match the energy of the other two because you don't really see like, yes, we got a little bit of Uba, which is interesting. Uba, when she was talking to her manager and one of her closest friends, she talked about her past a little bit and kind of her insecurities with this and that, whatever. Uba really hasn't talked about that to the group. No. It's not a sticking point. It's not a real issue. I think just the way that Jessel carries herself and the way that she talks to people She's kind of always doing that. She's yeah, kind she, of making it seem like yeah. she's had it harder than she did. And even to the point where she starts talking about money in her bank account, it's just like we kind of see through it quickly. And I don't really understand how nobody else was seeing that. Well, but the thing for me is this. And when you break down the, the, the talking points, right, like what the differences are. When Brent and Sai say they had nothing, like they didn't have places to live. Yeah. Like they literally had nothing. So when Jessel says that she has nothing, that means you're throwing your hat into this ring with them. You are the one that have made it seem, right? We're all speculating here, but you've made it seem that it is similar or comparable to what they have gone through. Now, when we get the, the details and the facts about it, your parents sent you to King's College. I looked it up today, and tuition in 2023 is 40 grand a year, which is not like an outrageous amount of money for a college. Right. And I'm assuming it was probably closer to 30 or less back in the day. That's fine. But they sent you to college. You do not have student loans. After that, you wanted to go to New York to be in fashion. So you moved to New York when you wanted to. In New York, you had a place to live with your uncle. Now, had you painted this picture of, my parents didn't want me to move to New York, I wanted to do it, so when I went there, they cut me off. I was fortunate enough to have a place to stay for a couple of years while I got my feet under me. It was really tough because I had no money. I had to work my ass off to get to where I am today. That's a different story. That is also a, an inspiring story. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to come from absolutely it nothing. Doesn't, it doesn't even home. have to be inspirational. That's the whole thing. Like, right, I guess that's can, a good point. And maybe all I would say is... You can tell the way that she's doing it. You can paint it into, which it is, it's a success story. Right. You were able to, yes, your parents didn't want you to move to New York. They didn't want to send you to New York. They didn't want you to go to school in the States. Whatever the fuck might have happened. Just say, you know what? I really had a dream to go live in New York and do what I'm doing currently. And I was able to achieve that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a long-winded story. You don't have to talk about hardships that you overcame because everybody's going to downplay your hardships because right. they're not hardships. When you say them out loud, they are not hardships. Unless you have some real ones, then, then sure. Yeah, now's the time. And now's the time to and share. Look, it, good for you if you don't have hardships. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Most people, like all you're doing is just describing an av a little bit above average of a story. You were able to move to a different country and find success and you got married and you have kids. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool too. That's a great story. It doesn't have to be sad. Like just because Bryn and Sai have this sad story, and look, I, I do have an issue, at least with Bryn, she doesn't really stick to it and get mad that Jessel's doing this. She just doesn't quite understand it. Sai takes offense to it. She does. And yeah. 
Look, but we I mean, know, we know Sai's story. Offense. I don't really understand her taking offense to it. I can I can see somebody saying, all right, it's a little weird that she's doing that. I feel like it downplays their story by her trying to act like hers was... was her story sucked. It's not like it, it affected their stories at I all. Agree. We still... I, yeah. Even the two of us who sit here and we overanalyze things and we get yeah, mad about very stupid shit, we're not even sitting here saying... Shit. Yeah. <laughs> we're not sitting here talking about how Sai's story is now downplayed and we're not thinking about it as much mm. because Sai did something else. Like, no... Two things are separate. She had a really hard upbringing. She was able to see herself through it. Who she is today is great. There are personality issues that we want to point out, but yep. we don't go back to the story. We don't have any issues with that. So you can just leave it at that and just say, look, I found success over in America and I finally chased my dream and I had a really good time. And now I am where I am today and I'm just trying to navigate through it, but I, I'm really lucky to be where I am. That's cool. People will look at you and be like, that's fucking awesome, Jessel. Yep. I'm happy. But when they're sitting around, it's Bryn, Jessel, and Uba talking, and Jessel brings it up. Like they just keep trying to dig into it. They keep trying to dig into it. And Uba takes her side. She's like, "Yeah, your story is your story. You, you like, who are they to question it?" It's like when it's presented to the group multiple times in this light, you have to answer the question. If you let it lie, if you had just said in the beginning like what your background was. They would have dropped it, but because it was presented the way it was, everybody wants answers. We, the audience, want answers. And by the way, if it comes out that you had this really difficult upbringing, we'll eat our words. But for the time being, your parents sent you to college, you moved to New York City, you didn't have any money, so you lived with your uncle, and you found success. Yeah, I, I think the main issue for the entire story is that she didn't talk about herself at all. No, exactly. The only like anecdote that she had about herself was that her parents didn't want her to go to New York and they had to pay for her college tuition. But the, the defense... the defense. You didn't talk about anything after that. You didn't talk about... If you just talk about your dreams or something, that's fine. And I get it. Like, if she had said, you know, I, I really wanted to do this and she talked about herself a little bit more and then you get Aaron and Sai sitting there talking about it again and overanalyzing it and bringing it back up. Now they're the problem. Then you can be angry. Absolutely. Then you can say, get the fuck off my back. Right. Why do you care so much? I told you what my story was. What? I'm sorry that my story wasn't as fucking powerful as Bryn and Sai's. What do you want from me? That's, this is yeah. my story, and this is what happens. I don't know what else you want from me. Then us, the viewer, we're going to be like, okay, that makes sense. Yep. But I think because you and I have talked about this, we, weeks and weeks ago, we're like, we're not getting anything from, from Jessel. I wonder if it's a really bad story. Finally hear the story and we're like, you didn't even talk about yourself. Exactly. At and all. That, that's what's weird to me though, is like Uba goes, yeah, but your parents, like that's part of your story. It's like, yeah, no shit your family's part of your story, but we have only heard about her parents and her uncle. Yeah. That's it. We haven't, like, you need to personalize it at some point. I don't want to talk about it anymore though. No, no, I'm with you. <laughs> but while they were discussing that, we were also on the boat, can't leave the boat out, and a really important scene to note because it's going to come back up later. The sea turtle? Yeah, the sea turtle. The motif. Is it a, it's a motif? Yeah. For what? Hard shells, soft interior. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> but we get a clip of Uba throwing Aaron into the water. Aaron takes it well. She's laughing about it. But now the prank war is on. You know, if somebody starts it, you got to finish it. Ha, ha, ha. But the, the theme for me on the boat trip overall is that Bryn is trying to to slide in on Jenna. And yeah. I'm here for it. it. I think it's fucking hilarious. It makes sense to me, honestly. Like, I could definitely see that. Like, I don't think it's going to end up happening. No, I'm not even thinking about it, like, in a real way. I just think that it's funny. It's like, fun. The I like it. the, it's funny. My big takeaway from it is that Jenna's actually able to see that Bryn is having fun, and this is just who Bryn is. Yeah, that's a Jenna's good not going back into her shell like the turtle that we saw in the ocean. See, we, I, I, hey, see, full circle. 
but she she's accepting it and she's embracing it and she's actually having a good time and she's joking back to her. She's sending Mick, she's sending signals back to Bryn and talking about it in her confessional and she seems to be actually having fun, which is great to see. We wanted to see because we that. started the trip and everything was going to be on Jenna coming early and having issues and she wanted to get a tan and all this shit. We just stopped talking about it. Again, this show just moves on from dumb shit that we don't care about. Love it. And we don't even get to talk about the fucking... And I hope we're done with the Jessel story, honestly, for the I most part. I do too. I do too. Because I don't it. want to talk about it anymore. We're not going to get any more out of her. They talked about it again on the boat. They talked about it when they were meeting in the morning, the, the morning after, I guess, the beginning of the episode. And then they kind of leave it alone. It's been discussed enough. That's exactly. what we're getting Let's out of her. Just leave, it. leave it alone. We're good. Yep. But then we get to dinner. And they're talking about, like, sex in the beginning. Bryn's giving... Um, lessons on blowjobs and all sorts of stuff the cut to the husband at the other table oh my god i love that locked guy. in on her like practicing on that straw and the wife you can tell is like like jonathan you you like when they got home or back to their hotel like they're on vacation he slept on the couch if they had a sweet sure he slept on the couch because because his you wife it, was livid you know what it looked like it looked like a, a cutaway for like an eric andre show <laughs> where something crazy is happening in the middle of a restaurant or in public and then they zoom in on the weirdest guy there it's just this just reacting to it dude, he's just like, staring like what the fuck's going on over there oh my, oh my god uh, there's a pretty lucky straw oh my god oh boy i hope my wife's not oh, i hope she wife. doesn't throw that straw in the ocean and kill Shit. the turtles my wife is looking at me but i can't look away i did, I did another turtle thing no i, I moved yeah. Past. Yeah, I'm over the turtles. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but I did enjoy the most embarrassing story part because of the stories they shared. One, and obviously we don't know because we've never had to use tampons, but I would imagine if I stuck a tampon in my butthole, I would know it was my butthole. Like, I don't think I'd have to get up and I walk. the big takeaway like, is that Bryn didn't know she had two holes. Two holes. Yeah, they're, you're right. What did she think was going on down there? Well, then I look, Jessica goes, how big's your asshole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they keep going through it. And the Ralph Fine story is hilarious. The fact that Jenna took a header down the stairs and gets picked up by one of the better actors around. Yeah. Hysterical. Love Ralph Fine. The one I need to talk about, though, because this one resonated with me, was that Cy pooped on herself. Have you ever pooped on yourself? Yeah. I love that this is the third week in a row we're talking about this. Yep. So. My original joke was going to be, yeah, on an airplane. Oh. But I, I wasn't going to. I took it away from you. It's okay. I did during a professional baseball game. Oh, boy. With 6,000 in attendance. Mm. And I remember that number because they announced it right after this happened. It was, so during they the They announced week, your poop? Yeah, they announced it. And, and here 13, comes number 13, Russell, coming off the field. No. So every summer, like when we're playing minor league games, throughout the summer, you'll have 10 a.m. games on like a Tuesday. Yeah. And that's camp day. So every camp from around the area, all the kids come to the game. And it's so loud. And they play the SpongeBob song like 16 times. So I remember this vividly. We were in Which Myrtle one, Beach. the theme song? or Yeah. So are you ready, kids? Okay. And then the whole stadium's going, ah, I can't. They're going to play like and Jellyfish it's... Jam or no, something. No, no, no. And it's 10 a.m. So like. Stadium rave? All of us are hungover because it's Myrtle Beach, and yeah. we went out the night before. There was a party at Senor Frogs. There was a whole thing. But I was deathly hungover, and it was 10 a.m. It's 95 degrees in Myrtle Beach. Wasn't feeling great. And I squatted down in the second inning, and something happened Yep. to the point that the umpire goes, what the fuck was that? And I go, dude, I think I just shit my pants. And he goes, what? I go, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just shit my pants. 
sure enough, the inning ends. I go into like run into the clubhouse to change. One hundred percent. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough. And that's my story. And now you guys know something about. You wearing the home whites or the? Uh, no, it was grays. Gray? It was okay. grays, which was good. And I also took it's it upon myself. Sweat. Yeah. I took it upon myself uh, because I had to block a ball during that inning. And when I got up, I just kind of fake sat down, like I fell back, yeah. quote unquote. And so I got dirt on my butt. Smart. Just to like hide it. Yep. So I feel like. Sounds like you've you've done this before. No, that was the only time. Uh, quick thinking for somebody who hasn't done it before. Well, you got to think on your feet, you know. I was I was out there. When you're, on your ass. When you are standing at home plate, you're the center of the field, and you're surrounded by six thousand kids. No, no, no. Catcher's the best. <laughs> you have to think on your feet. But now I feel like my, you know, our audience knows me a little bit better now. Like you, I'm vulnerable. I'll tell you a story about the time. There's I also my pants, and there's also a rule in baseball. And nope. this is this is an unwritten poop rule. Your pants? No, you get two a year. Oh, you get to poop your pants twice a year. I recommend saving it for the holidays. <laughs> but let's get back to business. We get back home, and this is when things get a little wacky. So Uba leaves her phone in the car, and Aaron snags the phone. That night they're at the pool. Uba does get pushed in, but it was not by Aaron. So as far as prank rules go. Aaron has not pranked her back yet. I agree still, with that. Yeah, it's still yeah. open, open field. The sanctimonium of pranks. It's important. It, it makes sense. It Look, I mean, she got what was coming to her, but not from Aaron. Not from Aaron. So yeah. the, the game is still on. Aaron has Uba's phone. Aaron jokingly doesn't give it back to her. That night, they send a group text, and she sends emojis, clearly alluding to the fact that I have the phone. She does like the... The chin thing, like the thinking one, yep. then like the ice cold one. Like she clearly has the phone. Uba gets her phone back. I thought it would be over. That's not that big of a deal to it's me. It's not a good prank. It's not a good it's prank. A pretty dumb it's a prank. Stupid prank. But it's also not. Not because it's mean, prank. just because it's, it's just stupid. Dumb. Like you know, it's not funny. It's just dumb. So the next morning, Uba is livid, livid at this whole thing, and she's not happy with it at all. Aaron doesn't really understand, but we see it boil over. And Uba confronts Aaron, and she's like, you took my fucking phone, you took my fucking phone, like snags her her sunglasses off of Aaron's head. Aaron's like, get away from me, and she's like, try me, and this and that. It turns into a, a pretty big deal. Now, I think that we can sum it up to this. The whole thing's fucking dumb. The whole thing is very dumb. It was so dumb. It's a fucking And to find phone. out that she only had the phone for 45 minutes, yeah, like, dumb. I don't really get it. And I tried to think about it in so many different ways to be like, all right, well, maybe she was waiting for news or she was waiting on a text or she was waiting on a call or she really needed to call somebody else or whatever might have happened. And then I kept coming back to the fact that if her phone was ringing, if somebody, one of her family members was calling her, Erin like would have been like, yeah. okay, Uba, I have your, I like, found your phone here. Something's going somebody's on. Somebody's calling you. Something's yeah. going on. Like nothing happened. It's a no harm, no foul type of situation. Again, cannot emphasize this enough. It's probably the dumbest prank I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I hope that this... And I did see comments about people just, like, trying, like, don't... I can't wait to see, like, if you guys try to defend Aaron. And it's like, I'm not... Def I, I think it's a really fucking stupid prank. I think it was a dumb prank. I just think the whole thing is really dumb. It was just dumb. I, I don't think that... We're not going to sit here and dissect this... Maybe we don't have more. the full story. Maybe there's more to Maybe it. Maybe there is more we'll to get it. More and to then it. we'll talk about it more. But yeah. from what I saw, it was a stupid prank. They got in each other's face. And that's it. Dumb prank. Dumb prank. That's it. That's all I'm going to say on it. Yeah. Here's the takeaway. If you're going to prank your friends, be smarter about it. Yeah. Be more creative. Do better pranks. Have some fun. Yeah. Be funny with it. 
<laughs> Throw her phone in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> but that takes us to the question portion of the show. Up first. Oh, wow. This is an interesting spin on this from Lem Vibes. Mary Boink Kill second base. Shep, Craig, Austin, Whitney. What, what's second base? Is that feel up? OTPHJ and a Beetlejuice? OTPHJ and a Beetlejuice. Mm. Full circle. Um, so fuck Mary Kill. No, blink Mary Kill, you dirtbag. Yeah, hey now. Um, I uh, boink. Uh, second base, Whitney. <laughs> You're gonna jerk Whitney off. Yeah, of I'm gonna jerk Whitney off. Okay. Of juice, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Second base, Whitney. Uh, boink Austin, Mary Craig, Kill Shep. I like that one. That's good. That's solid. I think I'm going to... Yeah, who are you jerking off? I'm going to OTPHJ Austin. Okay. I'm going to Mary Craig. Uh, I'm going to kill Shep. And I guess I'm banging Whitney then. Yeah, see? Uh, Doesn't seem right. Yeah. What's wrong? Whitney's uh, definitely into it, by Whitney the way. Whitney is definitely more of the Beetlejuice jerk off. He absolutely is. Yeah, That's okay. the vibe that he right, protrudes. So, I've been trying to put my thumb right. on what Whitney is. That's, That's what it. he is. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to change mine. OTPHJ at Beetlejuice for Whitney. Uh, kill Shep, Mary Craig, fuck Austin. Boink Austin. Yep. You're right. You're right. Up next. From Yates7865, is Shep over the breakup with Taylor? No, but yes I know. I don't think he's over having a partner. I think I that think he's, he's over Taylor. I think he's over an uh dating relationship with Taylor. I think he still wants Taylor in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to put yourself in Chef's mind. It's a weird place. Oh, I like this one. From Ilaria726, now that we know Olivia is a Cowboys fan, does that change how you feel about her? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Piece of shit. Yep. She just went to the Fucking bottom. Fucking loser. List. Brutal. What a dumb team to pick. God. Just They're playing garbage teams right now. She moved from points. fucking Dallas. She Her parents lived in they South Carolina. They just moved to Houston. Houston, you should be a Texans fan, if anything. They're even worse. Be like a Panthers fan or something. Yeah. Like, Ooh. Ooh. Oh, boy. From Edorinda Headlights. Edder okay. That sounds oh. good. Okay, fine. Need a guy's point of view. Was Taylor right to be that mad at Craig? She dated Shep, not him. Yeah, no, I don't think that she was. No, I think. But that... I don't think, I think anybody could have caught that. She was just blind. In yeah, she, that was just projection because uh, she didn't want to go directly at Shep. So she was going at Shep through Craig by she using She didn't want to go at Austin. Nope, she wanted to go on Austin. Craig's the only one left. Yep, Craig is the last man standing. All right, two more. Oh, this is actually an interesting one. And I want to know how you feel about it. From iPaco77, Leah is rumored to be joining this season. From iPaco77, Leah is rumored to be joining next season. Thank God. Disagree firmly, iPaco77. What do you think about that? Leah McSweeney. I will not agree with any of the older cast members. Yeah, no, no, no. It doesn't make off. any sense. Keep them off. It's, it's, we don't want them there. If you're not enjoying the season, also not Leah. Like, Leah's not going to save shit, bro. We've seen her fizzle out twice. She did bro, Ultimate like, Girl, She got kicked out of her Ultimate Girls trip for throwing poop. Hey, once again, poop. Yeah, poop always comes back. If you want to pick somebody from the old cast, 
you laugh at poop always comes back. <laughs> just how nonchalantly you said it and then moved on. Yeah, well, no, I mean, if you want to take somebody from the older cast, like, you put Luann and or Sonia as, like, the Patricia of the group. Yeah. Where they can go and, like, confide in and they have, like, tea that's parties a, yeah. in Manhattan. That's and a good way. Yeah, you need like, that. That's what you're going to do. You don't throw Leah in there. Leah's just going to spend the entire time trying to relate to them. Yeah, bro. And then be on the outside looking in as she was on Ultimate Girls Trip last year. Yeah. So, no. So, Ipaco 77, not thank God. Boo you. You must be a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> last one here. For, oh, perfect. From Rocco CLB. When will you update your opening music? Hearing Rinna's voice is vomit. Never. Yeah, there's a nostalgia there's reason. There's a nostalgia to it. I mean, eventually we might come around to doing something different. But Sometimes I'll change it up. That'll come back. But here's the thing. It's a great tagline. It's we a have, solid tagline. We have bitch in our intro. Don't like Rinna. We don't like Rinna. We like the tagline. tagline. So, sorry about it, Rocco. It's there to stay, pal, until I feel like changing it. But not because you you told me to, but because I wanted to. Okay? You got anything else? Uh, Yeah, actually, I do have something else. I know why you're doing this. I don't have shit. I know why you're doing that. I know. I, I never have anything else. <laughs> you never do. But that's why I love you. Yeah, ask. And that's nice. I will always ask because yeah. I'm a nice guy. But remember to follow us on all of our socials at brav underscore bros. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brof Bros Podcast and keep an eye out. We have an announcement coming very soon. We're not allowed to say it yet. Until we get the okay to say it, we can't say it, although I really want to say it. Just keep keep looking. Keep stay tuned. Anything else? Again? Yeah. No. <laughs> Brof Bros are out of here. Go birds. See you. Go Friday. Fells. Yeah.